0: this is the playbook Happy Valentine's Day everyone on Game Set Life It is an honor to have a bromance with my friend Rick Macy a legendary tennis coach he is an amazing speaker he is an inspiration to so many welcome my friend every Tuesday but especially today
1: Yeah Valentine's Day ready to go but before we dive in I got to tell you a story it's a good life lesson somebody emailed me, well, they text me and they said, can I be on your show, Game Set Life? And I said, yeah, not a problem. Just send me an email, inforickmacy.com, give me all the information. She goes, they, she, he goes, how much do you pay? And I said, well, how much do you got? And right. said, this is how you can deal with people. And I said, well, we can only pay $5,000 a guest. And he's going, whoa, whoa, whoa! And I go, but there's a ten thousand dollar entry fee. So we're going to split twenty five hundred if he decides to come on. But I haven't got the email yet.
0: <laughs> uh, you'll get it. We uh, that we 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 have undersold ourselves. We just wait and see how many people the list is growing that want to come on here. And we've been blessed to have you. And you know, today's the day of love. And um, you know, coming off the Super Bowl, do you have a chance to see the Super Bowl? By the way.
1: Yeah, I saw the first half, and then. Uh, Getting up at three o'clock, I had to call it game set match and I went to bed. But uh, I heard yeah. an amazing game.
0: I uh, I moved to the west coast just so I could watch the second half of football games. Um, for the same reason you and I have the same schedule, it's much easier when you're on the west coast. But um, you know, it, that the Patrick Mahomes, uh, I was almost hoping he would have lost um, the game because I think he has great character and a lot of times. Character doesn't come out when you're winning, uh, but when you, you know, have the big losses. And that's when I think there's an old saying, you know, what comes out of a lemon when you squeeze it and and lemon juice, because that's what's inside a lemon. I think when you squeeze professional athletes, especially we get to see what juice is really inside of them. And I have a feeling uh, from meeting him on several occasions uh, that there's some really humble juice Uh, that's existing in that true champion and true leader. Um, But for you, you know, have you been able to figure out how to see what's inside of an athlete before they get squeezed?
1: Absolutely. You know, a lot of that, because I do with more younger ones. So, you know, it's a little bit environmental from the parent, but I can pick up on that. You know, when they say thank you after the lesson, when they pick balls up, And they don't expect someone else to do it when they pick up other people's balls on the court. You know, you can just feel that at a young age. And if I don't feel it, I try to subtly inject it into the lessons and just give messages. Because a lot of times, like I told you before, the parents carry the bag. They carry the water. They do all kinds of stuff. And in my nice way, I said, they got to own it. They hit them, they get them. You know, you gotta, you can't just do everything for the kid, but no, that's an amazing quality. And I see that. Listen, I told you many times every single night after practice, Venus and Serena, good, happy, bad, sad practice. Rick, thank you very much.
0: Yeah, it's so one every thing night,
1: I mean, that's it's- Richard and Orstein life lessons, but listen, people can change Dave, as we all know, which is okay. But that stays with you and it's kind of stayed with me and you our whole lives from our parents.
0: Yeah, and we've been able to pass it on to our children. And one of my proudest moments is that my son doesn't leave a practice without thanking every single coach. And sometimes to my his my wife and his mom's dismay, uh, she's like, he's always the last one to leave. You know, she's waiting to pick him up on the carpool side of it. I said, Trust me, it's well worth it Absolutely. that he acknowledges the effort, especially most. Coaches there are volunteers uh, when you're looking at the level of football that he plays. Now, I was at the Super Bowl and I got to meet some of our friends. Austin Eckler told me to send his love. Michael Chandler told me to send his love. But I'm blessed to meet some extraordinary um, entrepreneurs. And I sat down with a guy named Bob Parsons. He's the CEO of and founder of GoDaddy. And he had a small exit, personal uh, wealth of $4 billion. And we had an extraordinary sit down. But the most uh, interesting lesson, as this is game set life and the lessons of life here, the most interesting lesson he taught me was from a common question that I ask about, you know, is it possible to learn what to love what you do? And how important is it to learn to love what you do or learn to love the people that you're with to find the light, the love and the lesson? So, of course, he gave me the normal answer, well, Dave, you know, if you love what you do, and I thought for sure he was going to say, you'll never work a day in your life, but he did. He rocked my world. And I really would love to get your insight on what I thought was one of the deepest, wisest answers I've ever gotten. He said, Dave, if you learn or you love what you do, it will tell you all its secrets. And I was just delighted to think about what a difference in my life, loving what I do and learning to love uh, who I'm with and what I do, learning to seek the light, the love and the lessons in it and all the secrets about life or sports or business that I've learned by loving it beyond not working a day in my life. What does that mean to you that it will tell you all its secrets?
1: Well, First off, Amazing, deep answer. And I would say, go, Daddy. Okay,
0: go. (laughs) You're so
1: good. (laughs) No, listen, there's a lot to unpack there. That's so deep because he looked at it through a different lens, you know, and he's talking way, way under the hood. And you just see things that you'd never see through that feeling. You know, you don't look at the clock, you know, you don't keep score. You know, you don't judge people. It just opens up all these other inner qualities that you just see in everybody with that feeling. So I think that's where he was coming from. Then at the end of the day, you just do it again the next day and you just keep getting better and better. But if I could back to truck up a second, when we, you said about thank you and your son and yeah. all that, kids have to understand the wild card. It doesn't matter if you're in a classroom or you're in a sport. When you are like that, all right? The coach and the teacher just subconsciously will do even more for you as time goes on we're all human beings it's it's a human you know that's what pete you want to do more you get a little bit more out of them you shouldn't do that because you want to get more out of them it will just naturally happen and if it doesn't you're still ahead of the game because you're being a quality person and you're thankful and appreciative
0: yeah having that perspective is amazing and being able to start at a young age is so important. And it does also, you know, as parents, you and I, we see this as well as being coaches. You know, people don't listen to us all the time, especially our kids, but they do watch us. What is one of the things that your kids have picked up by watching you for all these years? Not the black cat behind you, but something else. What what have they what have they picked up uh from watching you?
1: Well, I hope they picked up. The work ethic, because I think if you have that, I'm still waiting on a few of them to pick up on it a little more yeah, right. me too. <laughs> progress, but they're still young and I don't push it. Um, I, that would be the number one thing. I think if you just work hard or you want to outwork the competition and I just lead by example, you know, my kids know how early I get up and the hours and, you know, so if that would be the number one thing. I don't really verbalize it. I just hope they can pick up on that because through hard work, OK, and I think that's a cornerstone. Whenever you hear anybody that's successful, no one ever says, oh, I got lucky and I was lazy or I didn't. You know, <laughs> hard work has to be there. You know, that has to be there. Then from there, you can pick up other qualities. So I think that would be the, the number one thing, you know, because I always tell them if you work really hard, eventually you'll feel like you're hardly working.
0: Yeah, the king of the one-liners. I'm going to make a make moment book of all the great one-liners that you have. And you know, I always love simple things. And you're the the one-liners simplify uh, hyper complex ways to inspire others, to uh, learn our own lessons, to be our best. And one of the simple things that I always try to have my kids learn by watching me is I'm someone who always does my best. No, no matter what what it is, if I'm cleaning the backyard or the garage, you know, if, if I'm helping somebody, I, I'm always trying my best. And I don't have the greatest capabilities in everything, and especially athletically, but I got as far as I did in a- athletics because I showed up first and last to leave and I did my best every single drill, every single time. And I will tell you, when it carried over to some of the things that I do do well, that I was born with a higher basement of skills and knowledge for. uh It certainly has been the cat- catalyst uh, to success that I hope your children and my children uh, pick up on. Now, one of the things we mentioned earlier to back up the truck, as you like to say, is losing. Um, You know, and a lot of people have varying degrees of, you know, philosophies about losing. I always say that The L column's worth more than the W column. The W column is just executing on what you already know, where the L column represents the lessons, uh, not the losses. Uh, What philosophies, one-liners, strategies, or mindset do you have with losing?
1: First, I'm glad you asked me this question, because it just happened today Okay, at 9 o'clock with a student who I feel she has the capabilities to be one of the best players in the world someday. She was only 11. She was playing a 16 year old, a 16 year old was hitting missiles from North Korea, everywhere on the court. (laughs) Uh, An 11 year old was just getting smoked. Okay. There was no long rallies, you know, like you would get maybe in 12 and 14 under tennis. It was one and done. It was child abuse on a tennis court. So at the end (laughs) of the day, she was so mad. She kept hitting her shoe with the racket She's very frustrated, but I like that because she's a perfectionist and there's passion. When the lesson was over, we sat on the bleachers and I told her and her mom, because they don't understand English that well. I'm getting them an English tutor. I said, Today was the best day of your life. And she looked at me like, Who's this crazy guy saying is the best day of my life? And then I tried to explain and had a translator. And today was the best day of her life because today she had to deal with more problems not getting to the ball. She has little arms and little legs. That's not going to last forever. She'll handle things differently. It's not going to get any more brutal than today. See, so I look at it. It was a positive. And remember, I told you this before, Venus never won a match in three years at the Academy. Think about that, you know, because you're playing bigger people. And that's what happened today. You know, you got to have a little blend just to keep the big C But today was the best day. And I so she'll look at this differently the next time because no, no one died. Okay, it was a rough day at the office, but it was her best day because she's going to learn to deal with problems a lot better.
0: And what I'm reminded of uh, is one of my favorite sports films, which uh, was about the number one sporting Moment for the United States in the past century. It was voted the number one sporting moment of the century, which was uh, the 1980 Olympic hockey team, uh, which won the gold medal. Probably the biggest underdog of of any uh, sport. And it was incredible. But the movie Miracle on Ice uh, and the coach, uh, Herb Brooks, uh, who was Minnesota's hockey coach, and there were so many layers as a coach watching that uh, of someone who... Was so far above the game that put, you know, played the Russians right before the Olympics, knowing that it was like your young eleven-year-old playing a sixteen-year-old. Uh, but he knew that in order to win, they, they had to get rid of that, you know, fear and, and you know that 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 they, you know, could see that. Wait a second, yeah, they kicked our butt eleven to four, but next time they're not going to do that to us right it's not going to be that easy and we have a chance to win all the different things that that he did uh to do that how much do you when you're coaching you know play those strategic things you know like my favorite thing in the movie is he gets everyone to hate him so they don't hate each other because you know those are boston and minnesota kids that have learned to hate each other you know through college they're just so competitive You know, what's one of those tricks of the trade that you utilize in order to set a perspective?
1: Well, first off, I think that's the cornerstone of how I teach, because this is a long term process. It's a journey. It's not where you start. It's where you finish. Remember, I have a lot of younger kids and juniors that want to go professional. So when it's all said and done, I always try to tee it up like that. And Herb Brooks to have them taste the water, see it, because if you've been there, done that and experience that, it definitely can benefit you in the future. So he prepared him for that shock. And he got a little belief, even though they lost, it would have been a different feeling. You know, if you've been there, done that. Okay, that's a big, big thing. And that's what I try to prepare all the students for. Like someone might hit a serve, and I'll stand right next to them a foot away. And they're going, I'm going to hit you. I said, No, you're not. So I want to distract them, because it's going to be different when someone's booing and yelling and stuff like that. I try to create situations like that. I try to make everybody uncomfortable so I can get them comfortable when the fans are in the stands and someday they're playing for money. I just try to make them mentally stronger, you know, and it doesn't resonate a lot with the kids. And some parents say, oh, you're picking on my kid or that's not right. But I do it in a way where I come back with the hugs and, you know, the lollipops and the sunshine.
0: Yeah, well, speaking of mentally tough. Uh, it could not be a better day. I talked about Valentine's Day because I have a bromance, uh, not only with Rick Macy, but I have a bromance with John Foley, uh, the Gooch himself. Gucci, he is uh, one of the greatest keynote speakers on earth. He is glad to be here, and I'm glad to have him here because he's glad to be everywhere. We are both uh, proprietary, pr- prosperous, gratitude guys. Uh, we could sit around and tell each other. How grateful we are every time we're together but welcome to game set life my bromance himself john how are you hey dave and rick first off
2: thank you so much glad to be here as you can only imagine it's an honor to be with you and rick love you talking about the mindset right how do you have that mindset of greatness so um thank you no no first off
1: we're glad you're here that's obvious um, but before we start every podcast, I always look for common threads that we might all have in common, and we got a lot. And here we go. Number one, you're CEO of Center Point. I teach players to construct the point from the center, and when David played basketball, he played the point and definitely not center. So that's number <laughs> one. Okay, number two. Number two, you are an amazing college talented cornerback. I train players to get to the corner and back and go to colleagues. So that's number two. Number three, okay, you graduated, amazing, from the Naval Academy. And when I had Serena, she tried to hit you in the Naval at my academy. So that's another one we got in common. You have a degree as a mechanical engineer. Every day with players, with their mechanics, I reverse engineer. And David's words of wisdom Resonates in everybody's ear. So, a lot of ears we got going on. Now, the last one, which is always like the nugget, but this is a little different, David. So, you're going to have to chime in. It's kind of like family feud or jeopardy. Okay. It involves a football, a racket, and an airplane. And we all got it in common. You got 10 seconds. You're on the clock. This isn't like flying with the Blue Angels at 500 miles an hour, 18 inches apart. This is serious pressure, okay? So here we go, football, tennis, and an airplane, and this is what we got in common. You got 10 seconds. And I would say popcorn and a soda. So I'm starting to – I'm leading the witness here. This is Movie, like a deposition. Top,
0: what, Top Gun? Ever. <laughs> there you go.
1: Keep going, Dave.
0: Jerry Maguire. Keep-
1: Keep going. That's uh, Tom why.
0: Cruise. Tom Cruise was in Top Gun. Uh, of course, Jerry Maguire and gosh, who was your movie? It was okay. Will Smith.
1: Oh, <laughs> we got wait. All right. It's okay. Listen, instead of sending you a hoodie and a t-shirt, I'll still send you a Gucci bag since that's your middle name. <laughs> Listen, we got Top Gun. So we got Top Gun. Okay. We got Jerry Maguire. And we yep. got King Richard. So we got three uh, movies right here. Three movies, so we're yeah. All kind of intertwined. Now that we got that all the way, let's talk about changing people's lives and changing people's mindset.
2: Holy cow, Rick, Dave, Dave, give me a second. Rick, I've never had a better introduction. I never had a better preparation. I mean, holy cow. Now I can see why you're such a good coach and made so many people so great. Um, Thank you. Love that introduction. Love that. And How about this movie crowd? David
1: said yeah. you had potential, so I thought I'd t- turn it up a notch. So here it's we go. so
0: good. Well, when we first started doing the show, John, it was great because he started coming up with these common threads and I had someone on and I got so excited. I blew it for him. I started, you know, <laughs> listing out things and he's like, whoa, 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 back the truck up, Dave. You're going to, you're, you're stealing all my thunder. Uh, so I've, I've learned to l- let the beginning start with these incredible, uh, and the research that Rick does is, is even better. But For every time I see John, uh, I feel better. And I really want to start with the idea of energy, uh, without saying a word. There's what I love about podcasts and you do them as well. John is that you feel someone before they even talk. I, I don't understand how the frequency works through the internet. And even if the internet's bad, but my whole being elevated and Rick's being elevated the minute you popped on the screen. Frequency or vibration seems to be related to awareness and people who have high frequency, high vibration have a heightened awareness and I see that in sports, but no place is it better displayed than as Rick mentioned being, is it 18 inches apart at Mach speed? Uh, And how, how does vibration or frequency elevate our awareness? And how have you learned to either control or manipulate your vibration or frequency to perform better, to be more focused?
2: Wow, wow, great, great question. Way to go deep, right? Um, I was just on a podcast, my podcast called The High Performance Zone with a neurosurgeon, and we're starting to talk about these deep connections. So the frequency, this is it, David, you got it, right? All right, so I was thinking about flying the jet. Let's put it into real life. So when you're flying in that formation, you're 18 inches from your teammate, all right? That's at 500 knots. Let me give you a chance right now. Both of you guys, just reach out your arms, okay? Reach out your arms. All right, right there in front of your fingertips is not your monitor or, or camera. It's a 22 ton jet going 500 miles per hour, right? And you're so close, you could actually see the cracks in the paint of the aircraft next to you. So, So when we're talking about focus, we're talking about this frequency, it's at a whole new level. And Rick, you know it on the court. You know it as you were just talking about, how do you get people that mindset? How do you block out those distractions? Hey, I'm standing next to you a foot away. Don't worry, you're not going to hit me. How do you block that out? But also, how do you focus down? And so the the answer to your question, David, as, as I remember is you know, it's a skill that you have to develop. It's not just there, right? I mean, that's why the amount of frequencies, the reps, the timing, the trust. See, what it really boils down to is that word trust, which I think means different things to different people. I'm talking extremely high trust here, right? But not only trust in your teammate, trust in yourself. So you have, to, you have to be your own best advocate. You have to learn, grow, give every single day. Just, that's one of my mantras. What can I learn today? Okay, learning's fine. That's knowledge. That's that's not enough. How do I grow? That's t- taking that knowledge and understanding. Can I adapt it? Can I actually do it? And then the, the most important part is giving. And I know, Dave, you're big at this too, is we got to give first and give often because that's what actually tees up the frequency to be there. But I will tell you, um, that when you're in that zone, you know, some people call it the zone, call it flow. You, you, you don't even know it because if you're consciously saying, Hey, I'm in the zone, you're not. Okay. Because so, so when you're in that zone and you're that close, um, your, your reaction, it's called, it comes from the cerebellum. It's much faster than the, than the frontal cortex. Right. So, so I can't think my way through this. I have to fly it. I have to be it. Right, and if I'm thinking I'm too slow, but what's interesting is when you're learning to fly one of these jets, and I mean, you know, 22 ton jet. There's you're sitting on these rocket motors. It's a big machine around you. I don't care who you are, you're intimidated, right? And then you start to practice it. All of a sudden, you start to master the the, the jet, and then you become one with the jet. And that's a special moment where you're no longer thinking; you're just reacting, and the jet's doing what you want it to do. But the last piece, and I'm going to take a breath, is when you can become one with a teammate, way harder. When you can become one, when those jets, and you've seen us, six jets flying together, it's not six individuals flying in together. It's one entity. And and that state, it's really hard to stay into. It's hard to get there, and it's hard to stay in that state. Well, first
1: off, if with that mental strength, Forget the midshipman playing quarterback, I, a quarterback. I could have made you a tennis player. How mentally strong that is, what you said. There, there's so many layers to that. It's unbelievable. Your best friend became the Jet. It's a different with a teammate because it's, there's human emotion there, and you got to navigate that whole thing. But the question I have, how much did you visualize and yeah. play this out in your mind before you actually delivered the goods and got in that Jet? Did you you do a lot of mental stuff to prepare? Because I think a lot of people, they feel I work harder, I run, I sweat, but they need to really visualize because some of the best players I've ever had, they see it, they feel it, they smell it, they picture it. They've been there like David and we just talked about, been there, done that. And then it becomes automatic. But that takes, like you said, tremendous
2: discipline. Well, Ricky, nail it, 100%. So first off, I wish I had met you because I would have loved to become a tennis player. I think Absolutely. I would have been a better We're tennis player than a football player. I, I'm sure I would have been way better with your coaching. <laughs> but uh, you're 100% on the visualization. It, it actually, it, it's ironic to me how we, um, we think about it now. And when I did it, it wasn't being taught. Probably you taught it, but very few people were teaching it. But it was so, so important. When we were on the Blue Angels, we do it. In fact, we call it chair flying. Um, We visualize before every show. And I've got videos. When people get to see me speak, they come in and, and I show videos of us in the briefing room. So, you know, think about the locker room before you go out. And it's not only an individual doing the visualization process. And Dave, I think you've seen this video, but it's the whole team do, and this is what's unique. I don't know if you've ever done team visualizations, but you have the boss reciting the words, like here, here's where it goes. So we'll actually visualize the entire air show. And that's a 37 minute air show. You lose six pounds of sweat because of the focus, you know, and, and the G's, the punishment. So I'm in the cockpit and when the boss says, up we go, and he says it at the exact same tone that he's gonna be saying on the when we're in the jet, it's on the G of go that I know, because we've made this verbal contract, on the Gia go, the boss is starting to put back stick into the the airplane. So I can anticipate that. I don't have to react. And that's what keeps us all one. Then I go, you know, uh, adding power. I'm I'm visualizing me adding power. I know what it looks like when I go upside down. I'm inverted. I see the curvature of the earth. I realize that the jet's getting unstable here because we're not going as fast. So I know what it feels like. Just what you said, the smell. I know what the smell on the cockpit's like i 'm i 'm in that jet i 'm glued i 'm looking at letters on the other airplane I, I I do that at that level. we do it one hundred percent of the time we don 't do it just once, we do it before every single present uh air show, and it 's the game changer you nailed it rick that 's what then you get out there, and guess what it 's fun You're, you don 't have to think about it
0: and you are a game changer uh not just in the air as an instructor. And a Blue Angel, uh, which may or may not have been even mentioned earlier, that yeah. you had to reach the highest level uh, of being a pilot, flying uh, with the Blue Angels as well. <laughs> but I, I have two questions that are interrelated, um, and you know, one is obvious because it's at the core of what I'm trying to help people with as well, and the other is related to it. I want to ask about the benefits of gratitude, yeah. but in the context of, you know, you're human. And I imagine the other blue angels with you are also humans as well, although what you do is, you know, superhuman. Um, Have you ever, number one, been in an experience where you weren't getting along with one of the other blue angels right before you flew? And then two, was that one of the places where gratitude is a benefit? And beyond that, you know, you teach gratitude like I do. You're glad to be here. I'm glad to have you here. I love you beyond Valentine's Day and, and beyond that. But more importantly, what are the benefits of gratitude and how would you use it when you were going into a critical situation and maybe, you know, pissed off at one of your boys?
2: <laughs> well, that's it. OK, so absolutely. That happens, man. We're human beings. You're 100 percent right. And even though you cultivate a team, a team is personalities. Right. So all of us coming together, you know, how do you come together? Uh, and sometimes. You're pissed, right? I mean that that happens, all right? So what we had to learn was how to compartmentalize that problem, all right? So we would be in a brief, hopefully you can go ahead and 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 work through this, but if not, I needed a trigger. So many times I went into the cockpit going, "Man, I'm pissed at my teammate. Maybe I'm not just my teammate, I'm pissed at myself for not getting that report done that I needed to do beforehand. Maybe I had a fight with my spouse the night before, maybe the kids got stuff going on. We're human beings, right? So we we use the trigger of the canopy coming down When that canopy came down, zoom, I was in the zone, man. I block out those distractions. There's nothing I can do about them anyhow. So why not block them out and get focused in? So I use triggers now all the time, positive triggers to get my mind into that state. And as far as the gratitude, man, you're 100% right, Dave. That's actually the, the secret sauce. I didn't realize this till after the Blue Angels. We would have a saying, glad to be here, in the debriefs on the Blue Angels, we talked about not only mistakes we made, because we always self-assess first inward look. But then we actually talked about, we always ended our remarks. And if you made a mistake, you said, I'll fix it. Glad to be here. You ended with that glad to be here. And that's where the gratitude, and you know this, Dave, the power of gratitude, looking at the little things in life in a positive way is what allows us to get through the big challenges. So every day I wake up, I do my glad to be here, wake up. What am I grateful for in the present moment? And guess what? You guys came up. I said, hey, shit, man, later on in the day, I get the rare privilege to hang out with Dave. And I I get to meet Rick, who's a you know a legend, and uh, and I can't wait to, to experience and share things. Um, and that's one thing I've learned is if you can build in that practice of gratitude, it not only helps you when there's challenges, it helps you every aspect of your day. And to me, the world's coming from us, not at us. So why not have a great world?
0: Glad to be here. Glad to be here as well. Land the plane, no pun intended, Rick.
2: <laughs> no, listen.
1: You know, when you said about visualization and then it became automatic, maybe that's where they came up with automatic pilot. So maybe that's how <laughs> that all started to begin with. And when you said about being pissed at other people, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, you look at it. Everybody looks at things through a different lens. You look that's at it as a challenge. OK, you know, you can't go there. You try to flip the script and turn a negative into a positive because you're not going to change behavior. Okay, but you can change how you handle the situation. So how you explain that was epic. I love it, thanks so much. That's
0: great. And if, you, if John has incredible digital courses about utilization of gratitude and high performance, uh, fearless success system, all types of resiliency pa- packages of understanding how to enjoy the consistent every single day, persistent without quit, pursuit of your potential. Uh, this guy is a legend. He is uh, just an honor to have him on Valentine's Day. I can't think of anyone I'd rather have. uh, John Foley, just make me one promise, please come back and visit me on this show or many other shows. Every time I see you, I'm elevated. Thank you for elevating others to elevate yourself.
2: Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Rick. Glad to be here. Thank (laughs) you so much. glad to
0: have you. (laughs) He's a legend. Amazing. What
1: a a spirit, huh? Once again. You know how to pick them, Dave. You're not. You got potential. You're going to be good someday. All right. You got. You know <laughs> I'm
0: working to on it. Oh, you, you know, know my my uh, my, my 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 dad said right. Like if you're uh, the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room, Dave. Found <laughs> yourself with the right people, and the right ideas, or even better, my best piece of advice to my children: Show me your friends. And I'll show you your future and my future must be extremely bright. If I'm hanging out with Rick Macy and uh, John Gucci Foley, the greatest in the world, not just the country, the world. Uh, All right. We're going to finish because it's Valentine's day. We always get the question of the day and Blaine has it for us today, which is apropos uh, best piece of relationship advice, Rick Macy.
1: Well, you might be better at that than me, but I'll take a, I'll take a swing at that one. First off, you should treat your spouse or whoever like every day's Valentine's Day. We we categorize a day, Monday, Friday, Christmas, Thanksgiving. You know, it's still a day. And why change? You know, maybe if you treated the person that way every day, your whole relationship would be a lot better. So that would be my advice, and I'm sure you can chime in on that also.
0: Well, I love this question because you know, I got a lot better at relationships. I always thought that giving of myself was the key of a relationship. If I always put others before I put myself, but that's not necessarily true. I remember a lot of times uh, thinking in my head, I'm coming home late because I'm doing this for my family. And I would be driving home because Lee Steinberg promised that I, I, if I came in early, that I could leave early, but invariably if I walked by his office, he always held me late. And then when I'm driving home from Newport beach, I would be telling myself, oh, my gosh, my wife's going to be so mad at me. You know, she's, you know, going to just be a bee, you know, like, and, you know, when I started realizing if I looked for what I wanted in a relationship, what I wanted in the person, if I look for the best in them. So instead of being and going home saying, I'm going to be in big trouble, my wife's such a bee. Instead, I said, my wife's the queen bee. And I'm so <laughs> blessed. I'm so blessed uh, that she's gonna be understanding that you know I'd much rather be at home, but I wanna support my kids, all four of them, and send them to college and provide them the best of everything I didn't have. And I'm doing my best to get home as quickly as I could. It was amazing. When I looked for what I wanted in my wife, I got what I wanted. When I looked for what I didn't want in a relationship, I got exactly that as well. So the best piece of relationship (laughs) advice is to look for what you want in people and they won't disappoint you uh, either way, good or bad. So it's been a great thing. I look for the Rick Macy. I look for the best in John Foley. And most importantly, I look for the best in myself. I do my best. I learn lessons. I have fun every day. And I'm so grateful on Valentine's Day to have a, this is like a threesome bromance, Rick Macy and John Foley. <laughs> I'm in love. And I know that everybody else, our audience is in love. We got a lot more content coming their way. Thank you, Rick Macy. Enjoy your Valentine's Day.
1: All right, Dave. See you soon.
0: See you soon. Glad to be here. Stealing John Foley's line as he's in there in the green room. All right, everyone. Be blessed. It's Valentine's Day. Have your own bromance. I got mine here on Game Set Life. If you need anything, books, guides, exercises, I'll send you a book. I'll sign it and I'll pay for shipping. I don't care. I'll pay for the book and shipping. David at dmelcher.com. You got it right here. Love you. Have a great Valentine's Day. Thank you, everyone.